This episode of the Gentleman's Golf Law Podcast is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash gentsgolflaw to help produce the show. You are listening to the Gentleman's Golf Law Podcast. Listener beware. Rise and shine, the liquor store is open. I ain't got time for moping. I best be on my way Well, I still got time to save my reputation. Welcome to the Gentleman Scoff Law Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Crowder, the podcast for the rebel and the renaissance man. One day I'll get that intro in the right order. Co-hosting with me, as per usual, is the Don, Donovan Fowler. How you doing? Uh, I'm good. I, if it makes you feel any better, I don't know if anybody noticed that you got it out of order. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like I should I should say the tagline in case somebody new is listening. Like, I don't know what this show's about. I have no idea. But then it's there, right? Yeah. Podcasting you know, give 101. Him, give them just a taste. Just a, just taste. a taste. Uh today I am wearing a new uh 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 you know piece from our uh, merchandise shop. Uh-huh. The gentleman's scoff law hoodie, which is perfect for the fall. Um, this one has just got the gentleman's scoff law logo on it. Uh no headphones, no podcast. Uh so it's just kind of a cool little graphic you can get on your on your shirt. It is, uh, you know, unofficially uh, off the record. It is the skull of uh, Doc Holliday. It I is. Think we all know. That's what. That's where I stole it from. I took yeah. an image from his tomb, and that's how we designed the T-shirts. Um, <laughs> you, you took some some of the cutting edge radar technology or sonar <laughs> technology, bounced it down into his grave, yeah. and. Uh, I also got syphilis while I was at it. Um, or what was oh, it? Gosh. What was it that he had? I, okay, okay. Hey, let's not dispur- besmirch <laughs> the, the the dead here. I, I'm pretty sure he died of tuberculosis. Oh, okay. Although, I mean, the guy was I'm thinking he, of he Al Capone. Pretty, he lived, yeah, Al Capone. He lived a pretty wild lifestyle. I, I, I don't know, man. I mean, I don't think anything was off the table with Doc. He probably had a few STDs. He was um, a dentist, you know. He he probably picked up a few things out of that. Profession. A couple gold teeth. Oh, um, <laughs> later on on the show, we're going to have uh, his name is Tim Swanson. I almost called him Tim Daly, which is also a name. But Tim Swanson, Tim Swanson of Cigars Daily. Um, I don't know if you followed him on YouTube. Uh, used to be over at TNT Cigars, started his right. own company. Uh, got a lot of great content, knows a lot about cigars. Um, speaking of which, it's time for some housekeeping, Donovan. Uh, what do you got housekeeping. there? Uh, well, my pipe is empty, actually, because I ran out of pipe tobacco last week which is uh, actually a conundrum because this week was a hell of a week because oh, we're in no. midterms. So I got to go by the uh, the outlaw and I got to get some new pipe tobacco, which will lead into a story that we have later. But right now I'm drinking some old tub um, bourbon Small and tub, uh, this is bottled and bond. It's interesting. I don't know. There's I, I read about this a while back. I don't really know the history of it. People are probably thankful that I don't know the history of it because whenever <laughs> I go into the history about things, I tend to get long winded. But uh, it's good, man. It's uh, it's strong. It's robust. Yeah. So I got to try that out. 
We oh, should... it's great if you can find it. It's it's it's. I, I'm not saying it's rare. I, I I was having a hard time finding it in most of the mainstream uh, liquor uh, joints. Can you send whiskey through the mail? Because we should just mm. put like some little some little uh, like uh, travel soap bottles and trade samples. I remember. Um, you know what? I'm I'm not going to advise you on this because I could possibly be breaking the law over airwaves. But what I will say and is, you're just not talk a real my... lawyer yet. Talk, well, I mean that—that's exactly my my point. Is <laughs> is I I don't know, and I I whether I am or not a lawyer, I I definitely uh, could still go to prison. But uh, <laughs> I would say uh, my my only advice to you on that is talk to Big Mike Baylog about it. Yeah, he'll he'll tell you. I think that he's got and a way has, to do that. He's a, he's got he a guy does. for everything. He's a friend of friend of ours that seems to have it, a guy for everything. It has to do with um, maple syrup. Maple syrup. Okay. I'll look yeah. into that. Um, yeah. I am smoking my, I wanted to smoke a cigar, but it was about to rain today. It was going to get out on the patio and record. Um, but I can't smoke a cigar in the house like our guest, uh, you know, Tim Swanson, who's probably going to be smoking on the uh, <laughs> in his office. But I've got some Orlick Golden Sliced here, smoked by all shrewd judges. Um <laughs> And it's got I've, the wig and everything. Got the wig and everything. And uh, I have got a bottle of Howling Gourd, Howling uh, yeah. Gourd uh, pumpkin spice. I figured that the kind of mildness of uh, the golden sliced Virginia kind of thing would go well with a heavily spiced uh, ale. So wouldn't they wouldn't interact, wouldn't, you know, contradict each other too much. That sounds about right. I, I think... Uh, Gosh, Howling Gourd, it's been a while since I've had that. I uh I should I should grab it. My dad and I have been uh splitting six packs over the weekend. And uh that would be a good one to to try it's out. October. It is the season after yeah. all. Join us next week for our Halloween special, which uh which will be a lot of fun. We've got some returning guests uh that you that you'll want to see in video form uh for the first time ever. <laughs> um What's going on yep. with you this week, Donovan? Oh boy. Uh, well, like I said, midterms. I mean, honestly, I'm you know better off than I. As as Dave Ramsey likes to say, I'm doing better than I deserve. Better than I um, deserve. But yeah, man, it's been uh, it's been a lot of uh, just sort of flying by the seat of my pants and all that good stuff. But it's you know whatever. It's fun. I, I'm 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 all good. I actually uh, I was. I think I may have mentioned this last week. I had a so there's a dean at the law school. His name's uh, uh, Daniel Weddle, and uh, he's a, a kind of a legend. He's a constitutional law lawyer, and uh, <laughs> I told you that he looks like uh, he looks like um, David Crosby and uh, Wild Bill Hickok had a baby, <laughs> and does. with a little bit of Wilford Brimley in there. And I looked from, him up. Uh, and it was true. The, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. Yeah, Daniel Weddle, look him up and you'll see what I mean. But he's he's the absolute champ. I, I I like the guy a lot. I had him during orientation and he walked us through all the stuff and was and I was surprised during orientation. I was sitting there and uh, I hear this clicking on the other end of things. I wasn't paying attention. I look up at his video and sure enough, he's got you know big old big old uh, uh, poker uh, oh, nice. uh, poker table pipe. And, uh, you know, he's lighting it up. So I was like, wow, this guy is immediately in my good graces now. So anyways, uh, I kind of checked in with him halfway through the semester because he likes to reach out and see how we're doing. 
and uh, I talked to him. It was a good chat. He was pretty easygoing fella. And uh, I asked him about his pipe tobacco at the end and asked him, you know, what do you, what do you recommend and all that stuff. And he, he was talking about, you know, he likes the Virginia gold stuff. He likes a little bit of uh is it pre-K? Uh, yeah. Pre-K. Yeah. And uh, you know, how like, you know, he, he, he likes some of that and some uh, Orientals and, and it was a good conversation. We talked about, uh, it turns out we actually go to the same cigar lounge here in town. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So that was cool. Yeah. And talked about that and Arturo Fuentes and Hemingway short stories, you know, bonded over, uh, you know, our love of Arturo Fuente cigars. So, uh, you know what this, uh, to quote, uh, to quote a, a certain expatriate, um, I think this may be the beginning of a, of a beautiful friendship. Oh, there so, you go. Who's to say? That's but awesome. actually, he's—it's really chill because he, uh, he. So he teaches his class, and apparently, he gives people the option. Obviously, this is all pre-COVID. Gives people the option at the end of the semester if they want to go and kind of do the uh, whatever the final discourse is on on subjects and stuff. They can either go out for coffee, they can go get pizza, or they can go to the cigar lounge. Yeah. So I, I thought awesome. that was pretty awesome. That's great, man. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, well, what do we got here in the news this week? Uh, well, wait a minute. How, how'd your week go? How, how's, what, how's, how are things over in California since I've, uh, since my exodus? Well, things are slowly crumbling. <laughs> um, have the, the Azerbaijani uh, military started to bomb Glendale yet? That's yet. what I want to know. Not yet. But, um, Every day now, it used to be every week or every month, and it was every week, every day, I learn of a new person that's uh, moving away from California. Um, this week was uh, my neighbor that lives downstairs. Um, she is moving back to Iran uh, because she figured Whoa. it was better for her to live in Iran than it what? was to live in Los Angeles. Did you so... tell her there were other places in the United States <laughs> besides Los Angeles? <laughs> I feel like uh, she might be, uh, <laughs> there might be a false dichotomy there. Yeah. I can only live in LA or I can only live in Tehran. I don't yeah. know. So yeah, that's that's pretty much what's happened uh, over here. Um, oh my gosh, that's well, I I feel bad. I mean, that's that's no. uh, thanks, Newsom. I know it's crazy. It's crazy all the stuff that's happening here. Um, we don't try to get too political on this show. Everybody kind of knows it. I mean, I'm it's just kind it of in between. It is. it is what it is. Regardless of where you're coming from, I mean, whether you're left, right, or you know, uh, up, down, it's it's. Uh, I mean, California is clearly suffering. I mean, yeah. like, let's just well, it was Disneyland. If, if Disneyland's upset at you, then you you know you're doing something yeah. wrong. If, if Mickey is is uh, is on the warpath against you, then there's <laughs> there's something else. Well, I think the problem was like I think in the beginning of the pandemic, everybody sort of thought that you know that we were getting everyone was kind of rallying together. You know, he was it seemed like a good leader. People were proud of him on both sides. And then he just went ahead and decided to control everything um, unconstitutionally. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying it's my right to not wear a mask and stuff like that. I'm just saying just kind of what he's done with businesses and households businesses, and churches yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a little, uh, little Soviet uh, sounding. So, <laughs> yeah, cue, cue the Soviet national anthem on this. Where's um, that intern we have? Yeah, I know. That's what we need. Uh, <laughs> I'll just put it in post. Uh, no, I don't have time to do that. 
uh, it's okay. I'll just sing it. The the um, or you know, I'll just start playing Hunt for the October in the background. That's <laughs> that, that's a ticket. Yeah, we get the rights to that for sure. We won't get sued <laughs> by. I don't know who made that John Connery. Sony? I heard you play the clip from my movie. <laughs> Sorry, that's the best Sean Connery I can do. My Iranian, good, my, my stereotypical Iranian accent is much better than my Sean Connery. <laughs> I feel like the stereotypical Iranian accent is like the all, like the, any sort of like Middle Eastern accent. It's like all think, of the what we do in the shadows yeah. uh, vampires. I honestly think at the end of the day, the, the, the best way to get out of that is just say, I was trying to do a Scottish accent. I don't know what you guys are talking yeah. about. I was, I'm sorry. I was trying to imitate John Connery and it just came out, you know, slightly Middle Eastern. Just, what are you going to do? It came out. It came out Jamaican too. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> you um, can, man. Um, say beer can. A Jamaican accent comes out like bacon. Oh. That's or true. the other way around. I don't maybe switch that. Is reverse that kind of like when you when you pull your mouth apart and you say I was born on a pirate ship? Um, <laughs> wait, 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 wait! I I've never heard that. Try before. it. Go like this and say Uh-oh. I was born on a pirate ship. I was I was born on a pirate ship. <laughs> you said wait, I was I, born on a pile of shit. Oh, okay. I, uh, <laughs> wow, you got me. For some reason Gosh. you were able to get around it. I've never been able to, to get around it. Hide my face in shame. If this were a Zoom call, I'd mute myself, which yeah. actually is going to play into yeah. it. Well, tell actually, us about this what? next that news point. If that was I didn't a good call segue. Attention to it, yeah. I, that would have been a perfect segue. <laughs> with, that, with that kind of uh, stone cold wit, I could be an action hero. It's All right, true. anyways, you could. That and the voice. That's uh, a that's a Simpsons reference, by the way. <laughs> I should have just said if you if you can. Nail down that reference. Yeah. Just call me, call well, me, please. You know, tell us about this reference. What's going on here, uh, Donovan, on Zoom this week? I thought you were going to talk about The Simpsons. Um, so Jeffrey Tubin, my mouse is not working, and I actually did follow this story somewhat extensively because uh, it was it was slightly hilarious. So this guy Jeffrey Tubin, who is uh, a, a commentator, he's also a lawyer. You know that I can sort of respect that uh despite the fact that you know we're universally maligned or i guess lawyers are universally maligned he uh so he's a he's a well-known political commentator he was on a zoom call with a lot of his colleagues at vice cnn i think they were doing a, a an election like simulation or something which i don't know much about i just imagine it's probably like a dry run of how they're going to communicate or something for election day if anybody knows to the contrary let let us know but um that's not the story here the story is is that (laughs) while he was on the zoom call he started doing something that he shouldn't have been doing (laughs) shouldn't you know at least not while you're on a zoom call um so what (laughs) ends up happening here is that they i think broke out into break rooms which if anybody's been on zoom before if you're in class or something the host can can uh, segment you into break rooms. And I, somebody said that they thought that he was on a different, uh, zoom call during that time. And that when they got back from the break rooms, I think I'm getting this right. He, um, he had lowered the camera and, uh, initially it was, he had exposed himself. So basically it made it sound like initially, like he was basically off, like he thought he was off camera and, you know, he decided to, you know, 
to quote Seinfeld, whip it out or take it out. And uh, anyways, more the more uh, people have been talking about it, the more it's come out that he may have been doing. Uh, he may have been doing something a little bit more proactive uh, with himself oh, no. uh, during that. During, you know, he may have been uh, jerking his gherkin, as they oh, say. No. Uh, so, anyways, this is. Uh, so, what, yeah, what happened? Did his out. phone fall off the tripod, and then we saw it? I don't was... know. I don't know if he was on a. I don't know what, what it was on a laptop or what. But he thought that he was muted. He says he thought he was muted, um, as in like video muted as well as audio, and um, I I imagine he may have had a laptop that he like shifted the uh, who knows if he was actually intentionally exposing himself this kind of sounds a little louis ck to me but at the same time i think i think the point that everybody not not that they're missing it is um is that uh he's clearly just sitting there looking at all the women in the zoom call assume i mean he's a straight man he's married uh he's looking at all the women in the zoom call and and that's what he's doing it's like a voyeur kind of thing it's a peeping tom so um Anyways, he played it off like it was just some, you know, like, oh, whoops, <laughs> like that, you know, have, like like spilling coffee during a Zoom call, like, oh, my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. Yeah. And uh, did the typical uh, literally, you know, quote, I apologize to my wife, family, friends and coworkers. Um and uh, I don't know, man. I mean, to me, people have been there, there's been a little bit of discourse about this. There, there seems to be a line drawn in some circles where people are trying to make excuses and say, like, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, I've been on a lot of Zoom calls lately, and I'm just going to say uh, it didn't occur to me to ever do this. And honestly, like it, now you're getting just, some ideas. Here's yeah that that yeah no look at Jeffrey Toomey infecting <laughs> us all with this sick dementia. <laughs> um, no, but anyways, lo- long story short, I mean the way I see it is is like well it's a creepy thing to do. Like I don't want to be on a I don't want to be on a Zoom call and you know have somebody objectifying me, yeah. my handsome face, <laughs> drinking whiskey and smoking a pipe. Uh, I can't see what you're doing down there, Jordan. I mean, I, I'd rather. Uh, I'd rather you just please be professional. I'm trying to be. <laughs> it's I know. hard. Around me, I mean, it's, it's difficult. difficult. It's it's tough. Yeah. Especially when you have me on a on a on a big screen, you know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All by myself. Um, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty shocking. Um, I'm yeah, surprised man. that anybody'd be wanting to take the risk to do something like <laughs> to do something like that on Zoom. Well, that's the thing. That like that but isn't that the story with all these guys like you know Bill Cosby, uh Louis CK and obviously there's varying degrees and stuff. Like Bill Cosby was obviously like he's kind of the top of the food chain here yeah. along with Harvey Weinstein and then you have guys like Louis CK and I uh, I don't even want to get into Crystalia because <laughs> that jury still seems to be out on that. I don't know what's going on there. But there seems to be a thing with the, a common theme with these guys that it's not um, I'm not people often will say it's not about sex. It, it is about sex. I mean, like it's like that's a big part of it. Yeah. But there's also there's there's a uh, there's kind of a trimming to it, which is the um, the risk, you know, yeah. like they obviously get a rush and a high off of uh, the risk and, and going there. And I think, you know, but it's so weird, like. Can you imagine this kind of stuff happening? I don't know. I mean, like, I I think it's just the Internet age that we live in that, like, people are really 
<laughs> like almost not allowing themselves to do this kind of stuff. But in the past, I feel like you wouldn't maybe maybe you wouldn't have had the opportunity. Maybe know. not. Uh, I, I bet you, though, uh, some of these high school Zoom classes have <laughs> have gotten pretty bad. I imagine oh, some teenagers uh, on their Zoom calls and, oh, uh, my camera went out. I don't know what's wrong. I was hacked. I, I was, was hacked. hacked. <laughs> Darn oh. those hackers. <laughs> they did it again. Deep oh, fake my game. screen froze. Uh-oh. <laughs> or you just, you know what, you just go full on, uh, you know, full on uh the oldest trick in the book and you just claim that it was your twin yeah. it's your evil twin it's your evil twin and, he, and then you yeah. gotta go your whole life living a lie um i saw this on- i mean i do have evil twin jonathan who has been on several zoom calls doing very inappropriate <laughs> things. true I, I, you know I, I apologize to all the women but it's not my you know it's, it's not, not your doing, it's so. not your doing you do? yeah, yeah. Ple- plead insanity um you know about that <laughs> as a lawyer um I, that yet. We haven't covered bird law yet. No. <laughs> well, well, this uh, this was on Twitter uh, that I saw the, this morning. Was uh, it was during last night's debate, which I did not watch um, yet. But um, this was a tweet from her name is uh, Darsham Kendrick. She is a uh, representative. Um, Says she's a corporate attorney. Yeah, maybe you guys would be friends. An investment advisor, yeah, a Georgia state representative. And uh, she said here, I guess Donald Trump was making a reference to coyotes trafficking humans across the border. And uh, this was what she wrote, um, which it took me very um, – and, like, this is not – I'm not, this is not about politics. This is just a funny thing. Thing to me to read. I just thought it was hilarious. Um, yeah. She wrote, Did, "It's like California. You yeah. just can't deny that you it's can't hilarious. Deny that it's hilarious and uh, awful." Did at real Donald Trump tagged him on Twitter. Just say five hundred and forty-five kids they can't find their parents for came over through cartels and coyotes. How the how the hell does a coyote? Bring a whole human across the border. Lord, stop talking. <laughs> Hashtag final debate. <laughs> Listen, I see a lot of coyotes around Kansas City. Yeah. I'm not going to say that they could lift me. I mean, I, you know, I don't ask them how much they can lift, but I, I wouldn't bet on it. Let's just, just put it that way. It seems to me that, um, You'd have to be living in a hole to not understand what a coyote well, is. Well, I don't know. I mean, some people here. No, this. Well, here's the problem. It, this is what happens when people who are not informed get into the political discourse. I mean, that's like that's the big issue. It's like oh. it's it's. Uh, I mean, if you don't know a whole lot about the borders, if you don't, if you haven't seen Sicario or Sicario two, like you know, three times, like I have. Um, you excuse me. Oh my gosh! I'm wearing my manners. Um, <laughs> sound like there's a beast coming up from my uh, esophagus. Uh, blame the old tub. Anyways, uh, the the point is, is that you know 
I feel like if you're if you're ignorant, if you basically are uninformed, then you're, you're, you're not going to you're not going to. Yeah, they're just ignorant. Uh, you're just not going to know what a coyote is, I guess. But it is a common theme with some people that they don't know what a coyote is. And uh, I remember there was one really funny interview clip. I can't remember who it was who was interviewing the gal, but. Um, it was, you know, it was, it was a man on the street interview and, uh, it was at a protest and this guy did a lot of work to try to like get somebody to talk to him. And finally this girl was like, yeah, I'll, I'll have a conversation with him. I believe in free speech and all this stuff. And, you know, he was trying to find common ground with her. And at one point he said, well, okay. So like, do you agree that it's, you know, like stuff about the border and all this stuff. And he's like, and, and then it's bad for, you know, it's bad to be leaving people at the mercy of these coyotes. These coyotes are raping people and, and all that stuff. And then she just, her eyes just go up and she was like coyotes. Oh, okay. And then just walked away. <laughs> and it was just so like, I, you know, coyotes. I kind of felt, I kind of felt bad for her because I mean, you know, she was, she was invited into the interview, but it yeah. was like, it, it did make me realize I was like, yeah, some people just don't like, they don't, you know, they don't know what they're talking about. And <laughs> they just that's don't why get it. if yeah. you're going to start talking, you know, maybe, maybe do some research. Well, it is, it is a little bit disheartening to know that somebody could become a representative and have some sort of authority and not understand some basic things that have to do with, uh, you know, just, things going on in America, which is, you know, um, coyotes at the border have been a major issue for a long time. And it's surprising that she would not have any idea what that is, what that means. I mean, yeah, I mean, they eat all the roadkill. It's <laughs> exactly. just, it's like, if, if I go down there and I want, oh, back when I was living in Los Angeles, if I wanted to get, you know, some, uh, some free venison or squirrel or what have you, you know, armadillo. They, they, they've already taken it. So no, I, I agree. It's a huge problem. <laughs> I once was uh, uh, training with my sandbag at the uh, at the park near here. As one does. And uh, it was early in the morning. It was kind of misty. Um, and there was a coyote that was literally circling the track around the track around the field that I was on. And I was like, what yeah. am I – like, what's going on here? Am I – do he I appear so weak to, that he, he wants <laughs> – <laughs> he thinks he could pick like, me off here. He's like, thinks oh, I'm going to die. Babies. That's uh, a, <laughs> yeah. He's like, is that a chihuahua or a baby? I can't tell. No, uh, he probably just wanted to come and work out with you. Because, I mean, you know, clearly, you know, if they're if they're bringing whole humans across the border, they got to make some gains. Yeah. So I was thinking he's, he's like, he was thinking this guy's clearly about to kill over. Let me just yeah. wait it out a few minutes. <laughs> He'll exhaust himself. Just yeah. to, just sit back and watch it happen. Just let it happen, baby. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's take a little bit of a break here, and we're going to be back with Tim Swanson of Cigars Daily. Hello, gentlemen, Scofflaws. Thanks so much for being a loyal listener of the show. And your feedback and support is really what keeps us going and means a lot to us. So sincerely, thank you again. Now, if you're a fan of the show and you want to take your support to the next level, why not support the show on Patreon? We offer all sorts of extras on there like outtakes, extended interviews, a bonus movie podcast, and behind-the-scenes content. Better yet, we have options that start as little as a dollar a month. You pay more for that at a 
parking meter to go in and grab a cup of coffee at Starbucks. See what I did there? If you're interested in helping support the show, please check out patreon.com slash gentscofflaw or click the support link on the website. Again, that's patreon.com slash gentscofflaw. We look forward to having you as part of our team. All right, I'm excited to have this guest. Um, I've been following um, him on YouTube over the years uh, through different channels, too. Um, a great uh, source of information of all things cigars, Tim Swanson of Cigars Daily. Thanks for coming on, man. Thank you for having me on, Jordan. This is awesome, man. I, it's great to meet you and see you face-to-face for the first time. Yeah, this is great. I mean, I've seen so many of your videos over the years. I'd love to talk about a little bit about your background um, kind of before cigars and just kind of get our listeners a little bit of a, you know, get get the Tim Swanson story. Details. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I was never groomed to come into the cigar industry. I, I've been a musician since I was a teenager. I went to college for church music and was a pastor for more a little more than a decade uh, out of college, during college and just getting out of college, and uh, really just happened into the cigar industry really while I was like scrounging to make ends meet working in, in churches and with a church plant, we were trying to start up a new church and I wasn't really getting a paycheck and still had a wife and kids. <laughs> so I started working part-time at a boxing gym, uh, teaching classes. And then I started working time part-time at a cigar shop. And that really, I mean, the doors opened up, the opportunities were there. And as, as far as I would say, it was a, you know, a God thing. I got to get in full-time into this and I've had an absolute blast today. I get to work with my father, father-in-law is my business partner and uh we run cigars daily together my mother-in-law runs our shipping team like it is a family affair so it's a wow. very cool thing. that's crazy gosh you're you're, you're a, a renaissance man there you, you got music ministry <laughs> boxing and then cigars <laughs> yeah, stuff jack of all trades is the master of none <laughs> yeah, yeah the, at this I'm, I'm 35 now i'm sort of at the stage in my life where i'm like i would really like to be good at like one set of things rather than you know kind of swimming all over to everything else i think that's one of the big traps for millennials yeah. we want to that jack of yeah. all trades. i'm that way too i'm like i don't know if you do a lot of like if you're into like personality studies but our, our church and a lot of friends got into like the Enneagram lately uh-huh. and I'm what they call the uh, investigator. And so I could spend so much time going down so many weird hobbies and, um, <laughs> you know, it might change every two weeks or whatever. <laughs> something that I'm getting into. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so I'd love to know um, how did you like how did you get into cigars? I'd love to know, too, like what your first yeah. cigar was. That'd be a cool thing to, to so talk about. I- it depends on it depends on what you call a cigar, and that's a huge deal for the cigar industry right yeah. now. Is the cigar industry is fighting against unfair regulation from the FDA, and so oh. uh, for all up until now, you would call the first thing I smoked was a backwoods, right? Oh, yeah. And within yeah. the next year, a backwoods will not technically be a cigar. It, yeah. It's going to be classified as something else. My first real cigar was an Ashton Churchill that I smoked on my 18th birthday. And uh, I, I just went to a cigar shop, didn't know anything about cigars. The, I walked in the humidor and the guy was like, I said, hey, help me pick out a first cigar. He showed me the Ashton, this giant Churchill made me turn green, sick to my stomach. <laughs> but I still fell in love with it and kept coming back. And really my first c- uh, cigar shop job was, well, I should I'll back up. Uh, I, I smoked cigars for about 10 years, I would say, after that 
yeah, somewhere around 10 years before I met my wife. And uh, on our honeymoon, I saw a guy rolling cigars. We were in a little town called Playa del Carmen. Mm-hmm. So I gave the guy 10 bucks. I said, show me how to do that. When I got back from my honeymoon, I went and bought some tobacco online and started rolling all my own cigars and like had a blast. And then when I was church planting and working at a brick and mortar shop, part time. They let me roll cigars once a month in the shop and sell them and just cut the shop in, which I'm, I'm almost certain was not lawful. <laughs> but, uh, but that was just so much fun. And, and so running retail shops, rolling cigars, all that stuff was a passion even before I got really full time into like cigars as a career. Yeah. But yeah, it's a blast. It's funny that talking about like it's a little bit of a rabbit trail but like your your ministry background it seems like it's funny all the people that i that introduced me to cigars and pipes are all people like i know from church mainly my pastor was the one who introduced me to it and it seems like even our friends over at uh, country squire who's more into pipes he has a ministry background went to seminary all that stuff what i wonder what this crossover is like where is all the ministry people in the tobacco ridiculous a ridiculous number of pastors come to cigars daily to smoke and shop and have their meetings and all kinds of stuff like that i don't know what the crossover is but i know it's also only in certain areas of the country like if you live in the south if you're in the dirty south then you are you do not smoke, drink, or chew, or go with girls that do, or you cannot <laughs> be in church. So yeah. it seems like it's cultural in certain places. Yeah, it's weird because like that's that's one of the things. It's like I I just remember as a kid, even growing up north, it's like you know Christians didn't smoke, but we could talk about what we could talk about that a little bit. Like uh, so, what like if somebody yeah. is interested in getting into cigars. How do uh, how do they how do they do so? Where should they start? Was the Ashton Churchill a good place to start, or now that you know more, what would be a yeah. good thing? It shouldn't smoke something that'll turn you green your first time, and <laughs> and you know it's so to a degree there would be an acquired taste to it, yeah. sort of like the same as you would get with with uh, beer or other kinds of spirits. And you know if somebody's looking at getting into it, the first thing I would tell them to to know about is the health implications. They're different than the implications of smoking cigarettes, and not as substantial. And there are studies, even studies by the FDA, that have showed that. Uh, then once you're kind of getting into it as a connoisseur thing, I always tell people to start mild, like mild flavors, because really cigars have this range of strength to them. There's very, very mild cigars. There's very, very heavy cigars. And I'll frequently liken it to beer. Like there's really mild beers, like a a lager or like a pale ale would typically be milder in terms of flavor and body. But then you got very dark stouts, you know, these oatmeal stouts and stuff like that. That's like obsidian black beers and cigars are very similar. There's a whole range of strengths in there. So you start on the light end and then you kind of find your way as you go. One of the beautiful things about cigars is that Right now, cigars are in their own craft era, just like beer is. And there's a million different craft cigar companies out there. Like we have one uh, here that my business partner, my father-in-law and I have. It's called American Viking Cigars. It's a craft cigar company or they call it a boutique cigar company where we work with factories in Nicaragua to have blends made. And then those blends are available at you know cigar shops throughout the United States. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I mean, it's it's funny like that does to like talking about the millennial thing. That seems to be a very millennial thing is the idea of craft versions of everything. Yeah. It's like the previous generation had like the basic and then now it's like, well, what what can we do? We've got the internet, we've got all these resources and information. How can we make this better? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. boomers and Gen Xers were like, was it made in China? Well, then it's crap, right? And then yeah. we're 
And we're, to a degree, millennials are like, well, okay, how was it sourced? How was it made? Like yeah. what's really in this thing? And it's, you know, we're definitely, uh, you know, putting the foot further in the water of the process, I'd say. Yeah. And it's funny too, like, cause a lot of the older guys you'll see at like cigar shops around here, they're smoking kind of like the standby, whatever was like the big thing in the nineties that probably Arnold Schwarzenegger smoked or whatever. And then the younger guys yeah. have like got all these different things that they're trying. And they're like, the older guys are like, I never heard of that brand. What is that? And you know, it's kind of crazy. You know, I talk with cigar makers about this a lot because when, you know, a cigar shop, just like any other shop, will do events, right? They'll do events to try to get people, more people in the door, increase sales and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of these cigar makers are focusing their deals on buying a box of 20 cigars. But these days, people are so much less likely to buy a box of 20 sticks versus 20 different cigars from different brands and different makers. So, I mean, you're absolutely right. Like that brand loyalty is gone and people want to explore. That's crazy. Um, So if so, I'd love to talk a little bit about, I mean, I mean, that FDA study, let's talk a little bit about that. I know you're not <laughs> you're not a researcher yeah. and stuff, but that's interesting because so many people think of cigars as, as an unhealthy thing. Um, and it's, I mean, it's definitely like you, were, you touched upon the, the kind of connoisseur aspect to it. Why is it different in terms of health? Like what's the, what's, why, why would it be any different than cigarettes or I don't know, some other thing, chew tobacco or whatever? Right, right. And, and you're right. I'm not a researcher, <laughs> but I, I read a lot about this stuff because I am, yeah. I'm really invested in it. Hey, we have customers here that, that we care about, we value and care about quite a bit. Yeah. But when it comes to the health aspect, you know, some things are known about it and there are some things that are going to become known very soon, but, but I can sort of tell you what we know. The first thing is, uh, how is it different from cigarettes? And that's really substantial. That's probably the most substantial thing. And it has to do with additives. Like cigarettes are a combination of like two or 3000 different compounds, right? You've got some naturally occurring compounds like actual tobacco, which is a minority of a cigarette. It's a very small percentage of what's in a cigarette and then a bunch of other stuff. And that's really what a cigarette is. It's a little bit of tobacco and a lot of other stuff. And you, when you smoke a cigarette, you inhale that smoke into your lungs and you're smoking typically throughout the day. Cigar is just a little bit different because in order for a cigar to be a true premium cigar, it has to be 100% leaf. It's made out of a tobacco leaf and that's it. And it's called black air cured tobacco. And then at the top, you'll have a little bit of like vegetable paste that holds the whole thing together. But that's truly what a cigar is. So even the compound is simpler and there's just not as much – there aren't as many, I think – uh, additives or there are no additives in it, but there's nothing in it that's going to increase the number of carcinogens that's actually naturally occurring. Yeah. The other thing is the way that you ingest it, like you, and I, hopefully people know this, you're not supposed to inhale cigars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to like, you taste it. It's like a wine tasting where you sip the wine and you spit it into a spittoon only with cigars. It's a little less gross, right? <laughs> like taste the smoke and you blow it out. Like are cigars good for you? No, like, no, cigars are not going to be good for you. But the question, and this is what we're going to be learning about, is just exactly where do cigars stand? And so uh, I'm I'm trying to give you the Polaroid snapshot of a very complicated situation. Over the last four years, the FDA have been trying to put new regulations on cigars. Uh, The problem is they, they didn't do the necessary background research to enact those new regulations. So there are laws that say the FDA can regulate tobacco, but in order to regulate it, they have to say, 
here's what our new regulation is going to accomplish. Like, I'll give you an example of one that happened this year. The FDA wanted to put massive warning labels on cigar boxes. And they wanted to cover 30% of the two most important sides of the box. It's a big warning label. And when they did that, they didn't say what it would accomplish. They didn't have any tests run to see if it would reduce the number of smokers. They just sort of thought, We've done this in the past with cigarettes. We'll do it now with cigars. And a, a appeals court with three judges unanimously shot it down because there was no research. There was no backing for what they actually wanted to do. Yeah. And so that is really what's missing for premium cigars. But what I do know is that we have got – in my time in the cigar industry, I've, I've had tens of thousands of customers. And I can count on one hand with three fingers the number of people who have had cancer. Yeah. We've had any experience with cancer, especially as it relates to the mouth, tongue, throat, or uh, lungs. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's a very interesting juxtaposition between you know what people see with cigarettes and uh, with chewing tobacco and what you get with premium cigars. What I do know is there's definitely a substantial difference in the health implications. Uh, but now we're going to try to nail down exactly what that is. Probably. The best evidence we got right now is this FDA study I mentioned. The FDA studied premium cigars, and the results of their uh, study showed that smoking one to two premium cigars per day, every day, would increase your risk of cancer by less than 2%. Wow. And that's that's not really enough to even talk about. Yeah. I mean, what other stuff are you doing that would <laughs> increase cancer yeah, throughout a day? Your cell phone, you're eating red meat, you're yeah. driving your with those seatbelts like that any number eating eating out at fast food places like any number yeah. of things you could point to and say man that really seems like it'd be much worse for me <laughs> yeah. yeah that's crazy yeah i i just remember when i started getting into cigars and pipes too like that was the concern of my wife is like oh you're gonna get addicted and you're gonna you know you're constantly gonna be smoking all the time and all this stuff and and it's like i've i've had this conversation with her it's like look i'm not gonna smoke a cigar unless I could enjoy it. Like, unless I could sit down and enjoy it, like, I'm not going to be, like, you know, leaving a meeting and outside in the alley, like, trying to get my nicotine fixed. That's not the way I like to enjoy cigars. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, oh, yeah. It's crazy. Um, so, I mean, I'd love to know, like, what like what made you want to start Cigars Daily as your own, as your own thing? Because you – it's like Cigars Daily is almost – I see it as almost like two different things. You've got your shop and then you've got this like media empire of <laughs> all <of> this <laughs> YouTube content that could cover every single freaking to- topic that has to do with cigars. It's pretty awesome. Thank you. Yeah, come come to my office on a day when I'm when I'm sitting planning out content. It's like, okay, <laughs> what about cigars have we not talked about yet? What part of the conversation have we not spoken into? Yeah. Um, you know, this this opportunity is one that that popped up for me. You know, I was working at another cigar company in town doing uh, YouTube stuff for them. And uh, when I quit, it was just it had turned in sort of a dead end job for me, this other cigar company. And I, I was ready to be done. And quite frankly, I was just going to leave the cigar industry and go do something else. Like I was looking for sales manager jobs and stuff like that. I thought if I did something with commission, you know, I'm out of ministry. I wasn't going to get back into ministry. Uh, I think I sort of had a long-term vision and still do for being able to, you know, work and be and do well in business and then be able to volunteer at a church as a, as a, a worship leader or whatever kind of pastor they need uh, for free, because that actually feels a lot better than me than being a paid vocational pastor, mm. which there's nothing wrong with that. But, um, 
you know, I was getting ready to, to leave this other dead end job. And it was my father-in-law who called me and he said, Hey, grab lunch with me. And, uh, and he was like, do you think you could keep doing this? Do you think you could do it all over again if you had to? And I said, I, yeah, I think so. And he pitched the plan of being partners and getting things going. And it was pretty much at that lunch. We were like, I already knew that my wife was good with it because she's the one who told him that I was leaving my job. <laughs> so, but he said, yes. And we started working together. It was great. And, you know, I think that the other side of this for me, and this is, this is actually a significant portion of it is that, uh, his name is Jim, my business partner. Yeah. Uh, he's been in business for 40 years. He's been in business for 40 years for himself. He started and grown and sold companies, uh, on, on several occasions. And so for me, the opportunity was to come and do what I know and love, which is, you know, cigars and YouTube and, and all that stuff, but also to learn from somebody who's really well established in business, yeah. uh, I think saved me from substantial potholes pretty much all the way along the way. <laughs> yeah. That's such a big thing. I, I think too, is like you could have a passion for something and it doesn't mean that you'd know how to turn that into anything profitable or, or, or a successful business. And if you have somebody that could take those, those reins and then you do the thing that, you know, that's like the perfect combination. We got examples all through history. Guys like Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, one of the greatest musicians in history, in history, yeah. could figure out how to turn music into money. Yeah. And in a pauper's grave because of it, right? Yeah. You got to have those people, typically people who are the same sex as you, who are older than you, who know their stuff yeah. and walk you through it. That's awesome, man. That's that's so cool. And it's, and I remember too, when you started Cigars Daily, I immediately subscribed to your, your new channel. And yeah. it was like within months, you had already outgrown your space and you were like moving. <laughs> it seemed like it, it grew like super fast. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, uh, that was one of the little potholes that, uh, that I didn't get to avoid. You know, we, we picked out the first building and Jim was like, are you sure? It seems kind of small. And I was like, no, 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 no. I used my YouTube metrics to gauge how fast I think we're going to grow and how much revenue we're going to do. And we did the first three months of revenue that I projected in the first three weeks. Wow. And we, we had to go back and double the size of our inventory to, to maintain. And just within a few months we were like, okay, we can't stay here. And, and, and by the way, we're now going to be three years into this in February and we're just butted up against the same problem. Again, we have completely outgrown our space here. We're like sardines in a can at this place right now. <laughs> oh, so geez. we're currently troubleshooting that great problem. Wow. To have. That's that, that is a really great problem to have. Um, we well, yeah, well, uh, you had the new place though, that you're a new place. It's, you know, not new anymore, but that, yeah. You have a lounge there too, though, right? That people can go in person, or I don't know how that yeah. uh, that's affected yeah, we now. Have a but public lounge, it's for everybody. It's not huge. Like we we are, you know, one of our big focuses is making sure that we want to do what we do really well, you know. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the YouTube stuff, you know, providing for people's uh, cigar needs all over the country is something we love doing. But for our local shop, we just wanted to have a place where our neighborhood guys could come. Our lounge seats like eight to 10 people. It's not like a massive thing. And, you know, for us, that's been really, really nice. Like they, they kind of want a little bit more lounge space, but I would assume that most people in cigar shops will want that. <laughs> yeah, it's always like that. It's every time I've gone to any sort of game or something in a cigar lounge, there's never enough, there's never enough seats never for enough. everybody. And then you get, and then what you get is the guys who come into the shop. We call them here the, you know what you should do guys. Oh, the no. guys are like, you know what you should do? You should expand this lounge and get rid of something else. It's like, well, well, we really thought it through. 
Yeah. <laughs> What's, well, what uh, if somebody? What are some things that people would need to know if they were first smoking a cigar? Like, how would you go about smoking your first cigar? Because you talk about the you know what you should do. There are a lot of people around you that'll tell you you know what you should do with that cigar. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. There's a few things that I would give people, and I'll tell you we've, some of these uh, solutions we have already got present on our website, cigarsdaily.com. But uh, really, there's there's a few things that uh, step up. First thing I already mentioned is go with something a little more mild, at least for your first cigar, your first couple cigars. You can always branch out. But uh, the, the type of cigar you might be looking for would be called a Connecticut Shade Cigar. That is going to be typically your most mild type of blend. And there's a Connecticut Shade from just about every cigar maker out there. Uh, we've got one that's really popular. It's called the Liga Zebra that American Viking Cigars makes. And that one is a, a barber pole. It's got two different types of wrappers on it. But again, really, really mild. The other thing is you don't have to buy like a $20 stick for your first cigar. You also don't have to buy like an eight or $10 stick for your first cigar. I typically recommend going with something a little bit more affordable. Like there are cigars out there, premium cigars that range from three to $4 a stick. We've got one in our shop called Rico Barato that comes in a Connecticut shade and it's really affordable, but it's a great way to get in the door. This is something that was really big for me whenever I pick up a new musical instrument, I'll typically go out and buy the cheapest thing I can find mm -hmm. so that I can just like gauge, is this something I want to do? Is it something I'm going to stay committed to? And then after about 30 or 60 days of developing a habit of playing, then I'll start looking at something a little bit nicer, you know? Yeah. But, you know, so don't, don't be afraid to start out cheap because the cheaper you start out, honestly, the more you'll appreciate those higher level of qualities as you step them up. Yeah. And then the other big thing would be check it out on YouTube. Check out the YouTube Cigars Daily. We've got videos for how to smoke cigars. We've got videos for how to light your cigar, uh, things to avoid, things you want to make sure you do, little tips and tricks that you can try. That's awesome, man. <laughs> yeah, I just – I when I first got my first cigar oh, – the first cigar I smoked was – I think it was some sort of giveaway thing from like a – what is it like a it's a boy kind of birth uh, yeah, celebration yeah, yeah. and i don't know how long it had been sitting in a drawer somewhere and it was like <laughs> i was like why why do people do this i'll never do this again like this is right. and that was like you know when i was a teenager and then sure. at one of our men's group sort of things at church um i had shot some videos i used to work for a company called the art of manliness and we sh we shot a bunch of cigar related videos and even after shooting those videos, I hadn't tried anything, but they gave me a box of stuff. Um, and I like, I didn't realize it had to go in a humidor. So it sat like on my shelf for a year. <laughs> so when I smoked them, they were very dry. And I was like, again, it was like, Oh man, I'm doing this wrong. <laughs> yeah. And so, like certainly for, for people who are thinking about getting into this is yeah. a really good point. Having cigars on hand is is really its own thing. That's really more of the connoisseur side of it. Yeah. You know, if you just want to dip your feet in, you might want to just buy, you know, three cigars or a pack of five. That's what yeah. samplers are really good for. You get a lot of variety samplers. But once you're going to keep more than you'll really smoke in a couple of weeks, you want to have a humidor where you can maintain your cigars, which is which just adds to the fun of your new hobby. Right. Yeah. It's just more stuff you could buy and more right. stuff you could play around with. <laughs> I assume you've got a humidor now. Yeah, I do. Um, the one that I have now is uh, actually a guy, a listener sent it to us. Um, he makes them out of old ammo cans, and they're lined with, like, cedar, and it's, so it's like an ammo door. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty they're cool. Awesome. Yeah. That's 
Yeah. And I think the company is just called Amador. Um, but it's uh, what I like is because of living. Well, you live in, in, in Arizona, so you probably have a similar issue. It's so dry here. And I think the first couple of humidors that I had were just kind of like the little wooden box kind of thing. And uh-huh. they were just drying out so quickly. And uh, I think I complained about it on an episode. And this guy sent me this. He's like, look, this will be a, a better seal for you in California. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, you know, the issue with humidors, man, is that wood is just so expensive now. Yeah. So if you're, if you're buying a wooden humidor and you're not paying two or three or four hundred dollars for it, well, yeah. then you're not getting real wood. You're getting particle board with Spanish cedar veneer on the inside. And so, you know, there's a few ways to go with humidors like a, there's an acrylic jar one we carry on cigars daily. It's like 20 bucks. And that for the desert, there's just nothing better you can get, even for wetter climates like in florida people will use these because the seal is so good but then like a new air they make these wine coolers that you basically convert into a humidor and they're great they work really really well but yeah that's yeah it is another thing to buy another thing to spend money on right (laughs) well i mean it goes into like again like the testament to how it's different from cigarettes i mean i mean cigarettes you see like post-apocalyptic movies some guy like opens up some old cupboard and there's some cigarettes you're like great and then light it up right. like you would right. never want to do that with a cigar maybe you would i don't know but if it's all you had but it's right. like it's something that takes a little care and maintenance to it it does and it's it's you know there's a lot of things about cigars that convert it into a really great amazing hobby but that is one of them it's caring for a collection and you know there's a lot you can do with aging cigars as well you know you've got fascinatingly enough and another way that cigars are like beer is you know with beer we've got a million different kinds of beer right and in nature there are only four different kinds of hops that occur naturally yeah but because of crossbreeding uh and and you know creating new seeds and growing them again and again and again with the hops. We've got more than 400 different types of hops today and tobacco leaves are the same way. There are a few varietals of tobacco leaves that grow naturally, but there are thousands of different types of leaves today because of crossbreeding and growing generations of them. And, you know, if you plant, this is really cool. The character of the flavor of a cigar will come from that seed and the soil it was grown in. So you could take a seed from Cuba bring it to Nicaragua and grow it there for 10, 10 generations. You can grow this seed in Nicaragua and then you'll end up with two completely different seeds at the end of it. Wow. That's crazy. I never even thought that. I guess that's kind of like wine too. You hear about wine, like the grapes being grown in different regions and that kind of thing. But it's It's exactly the same thing. And soil is as important to to grapes and wine. Gosh, you could really get down, go down the rabbit hole. And it's like, it's cool that it's kind of a way that you can customize your experience in that way too, is, 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 you know, find what you like and then dial it into, you know, maybe what region you like or what kind of tobacco you like and what brand you like. (laughs) Oh yeah. There's a a million rabbit holes to dive down. Like, like all I can, do you have any idea like what part of the world your, your favorite cigars come from? I don't. I mean, the ones, my standbys are always, I always get the AJ Fernandez New World if I go into a shop. That's always like my, oh, I always like that one. And they're not super expensive, but uh, I don't, like, I don't know. I should know more about this stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's Nicaragua. I mean, Nicaragua. most people are loving Nicaraguan cigars yeah. today. Now, how did, how should someone, like, if you wanted to get into the hobby of smoking different stuff, how would you, like, how should you keep track of that? Like, is there a good way to, like, to, to, to keep track of your journey through cigars? 
Yes. And, and this is something that we dealt with when we very first started Cigars Daily. I have personally kept a cigar journal for uh, almost the last 15 years. Wow. And, and I'll just, you know, whatever cigar I'm, I'm smoking, I'll rate it or review it. And there's a criteria for that. And when we were starting Cigars Daily, someone asked me about that. They're like, how do I catalog all this? You know, and I was getting ready to recommend this cigar journal that I bought off Amazon. So I pulled the thing out binding was falling apart and pages were all falling out of it. And I was like, well, this is not like, I can't recommend this. So <laughs> we published one through cigars daily. There's, it's called the cigars daily review journal. And it, it actually accomplishes a couple of really critical things. One of them is cataloging that whole, you know, experience, right? Which cigars did I like? Which ones did I didn't like? Which ones did I give a hundred rating to? And which ones did I give a five rating to? Right. Yeah. But also, you know, as you go, You'll hear people in cigars talk about flavor profiles the same way they do in wine. Like I'll puff on a cigar and say, this has got, you know, dark chocolate in it and, and notes of leather, a little bit of earthiness, a nice sweetness to the wrapper, or maybe even a little bit of pepper on it. And uh, that's something that you can learn how to do by mm. by keeping track of your entire journey as you go through it. So I recommend cigar review journals for everybody that's getting into cigars. Even if you already know what you really like, you can always sort of refine and get closer to the bullseye of what really blows your skirt up if you've got, you know, a, a tool like that. <laughs> well, what <laughs> for rating something like that? Like, is there like a scoring system or like, a, how, like, how do yeah. you? Okay. Yeah, the Cigars Daily Review Journal, and I don't have one around me right here, but yeah, it does. It has its own criteria. I think there's 15 points on the criteria. Each one of those points is, has its own point number assigned to it. So the condition of the wrapper leaf on the outside, the, is, does it have any soft spots on the cigar, flavor, construction, all of that is weighed into the uh, final score where you're giving the thing a score out of 100. Wow, that's super cool. I love that kind of stuff. I got to start doing that. I just a lot of the times, my uh, my thing is my my brother and my best friend are super into cigars and they buy so much of it. And then like every couple of months, I get some box of like the stuff they didn't <laughs> the stuff they didn't like or the stuff that they liked and like oh try this out. And so yeah. like. I've been working my. I, that's why I had to buy a real humidor because I had, couldn't keep it anywhere, <laughs> anywhere yeah. or, or grab something that would be that would uh, keep them good. Um, but yeah, so uh, in terms of American Viking cigars, uh, what what you know, where, where can people get those? Yeah, so uh, you can if you're looking for a place to where you want to try American Viking cigars. Uh, First thing I would say is look for a local cigar shop. Go ask for them at a local cigar shop. That is, you know, when we put our, our boutique brand together, we said we really want to support these brick and mortar shops all over the United States. And people already loved the cigars. So um, AmericanVikingCigars.com has a store uh, locator on that website. And we've I think we're in a dozen states now, 12 out of 50. So we're, wow. you know, we just started the brand up this February and then you know, COVID time started and everything got thrown into all kinds of craziness. But mm. we've been really excited about the shops that have partnered with us. And then you can find them online. There's a couple of websites that carry them. You can probably Google it and find a place where you can get American Viking cigars. But, you know, really that brick and mortar experience is it gives you a little bit of what you can't get online in yeah. terms of like personal assistance. Yeah. How does how is the COVID? I just thinking about this now. How does that how has that affected the cigar industry? couldn't have been a worse possible thing for it. <laughs> what, happened, what happened in the cigar industry? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> COVID hit. Lockdowns happened pretty much everywhere, right? Yeah. Like Honduras, which is a huge cigar making uh, country. Yeah. 
Honduras locked down their country and they said all businesses closed. So no cigars are being produced. And even in other countries, they had to cut production sometimes by up to 70 percent because they couldn't have as many people in the building and, and all this kind of stuff. Then he, so so demand is like way down, incredibly hampered. But in the United States, most people are working from home. Yeah. And they've got extra time on their hands. And so they're smoking way more cigars. So our 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 demand rather went way up and the supply yeah. dropped through the floor and it created a really crazy situation where the manufacturers, the makers of cigars cannot supply the stores. Wow. And it's I think it's in a lot of industries right now, but we've seen, you know, uh, you know, we've got companies, we've got 200 or 300 boxes on back order right now. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, I I, I've heard a lot of that kind of stuff. Like some people have been like with depending on the industry, they've been like, it's been the best thing for business or it's been like it's we've taken a major hit. Um, like we had our friend uh, who makes back uh, who makes backpacks and fitness equipment. He's like literally like it's been a better year for us than ever because everyone's buy, working out at home and buying fitness stuff. And then with cigars, it's like everyone wants it. <laughs> you, if it's supplies right. not there, that's crazy. Yeah. It's cr- even now we're, you know, we're checking in with, uh, with our, our manufacturers that we do the best with. And it's a, uh, it's just a slow grind for those guys. They're really trying to work through a lot of this stuff south of the border. And so, you know, we're kind of doing what we can to support them. But at this point, we're just kind of waiting for some stuff. Yeah. Ho- hopefully not, uh, hopefully not gas station cigars. You'll start stocking some yeah. backwoods. <laughs> <laughs> If you see back on the shelves, look for my body buried in a shallow grave. (laughs) Oh, man. That's one thing that I didn't quite understand with, like, some of those FDA deeming regulations. Like, basically, I mean, isn't it it, they're they're lumping in all cigars? Like, basically, someone that's backwards is basically a cigarette. And then what you're talking about, which, like you said, is a craft product. (laughs) It's, you know— that has been truly – and for people in the cigar industry, this is the thing we slam our heads against the wall trying to work through because, uh, yeah, there is a – there's a world of difference between what you can find at a Circle K for the most part <laughs> with backwoods and prime times and squishers and all that kind of stuff and what you find in a cigar shop humidor. And, of course, the, what the government says they want to fight against is uh, is marketing these items to children, right? Yeah. And so the, everything that's done in terms of regulation is done from the, from the posture of let's protect – the children. And, and so they'll run studies and they'll, they, I've read one study in the American journal journal of public health. I think it was where they asked our kids switching from cigarettes to cigars. And I think that they, they had this pool of inner city kids that they asked. And the answer that they got was overwhelmingly, yes, they are right. Kids are switching from cigarettes to cigars, but they didn't differentiate between the gas station stuff and the premium 100% handmade stuff that we sell at Cigars Daily and that most cigar shops sell. Yeah. And when you when you do create that separation, you find a huge difference. The average guy or gal that smokes premium handmade cigars, the average age they start at is 27 years old. Yeah versus the gas station stuff that most kids really buy to cut open and put weed in anyway. And so, of course, you're going to get kids saying yes, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I switched from cigarettes over to Swisher Sweet or Backwoods or whatever I could get the guy who was walking into the, you know, the gas station to buy for me while he was in there, right? (laughs) That's what they're switching to. And it says cigar on the box. So there you go. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I've seen some stuff like that, too, with um, 
there's a like pi- being into pipes mainly is was kind of my is my main tobacco uh, source. Um, the stuff you even if you buy something that says pipe tobacco at a gas station, it's not pipe tobacco. Like it's just they label it that <laughs> for tax reasons. It's just basically right, cigarette right. tobacco to roll your own cigarettes. Right, yeah, and it's just terrible stuff. I made that mistake early on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just gonna get a big bag of it. It's a better deal. No, it's no good. Deal, yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you so much for doing this. If people want to find you, where can they go? So I'll tell people check us out. First of all, you can find us and what we do on cigarsdaily.com. That's the uh, that's the home, and that's where we do the best that we can. Our goal is to give everybody who shops with us amazing customer service and lightning fast shipping. Uh, at the same time, if you guys want to see the inside of what we do and really dive in, you can find us on YouTube at Cigars Daily. That is our channel. On Instagram, we're at Cigars Daily Official, and on Facebook, you can find Cigars Daily. And we even have a a, a Facebook group there called the Cigars Daily Nation. That's got about 23,000 members. Wow. It seemed like a good resource. I'm sure a lot of people have a lot of opinions on there, though. I'm just going to say Facebook groups. I can't find anywhere where there aren't a bunch of dumb opinions these days. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks again, man. Gents, it's fall. And you know what that means? You guessed it. Pumpkin everything. Now, before you go and start calling me basic... Let me tell you about Phoenix Shaving's new fragrance line called Atomic Pumpkin. Now, this isn't your run-of-the-mill seasonal pumpkin pie offering that everybody's doing. This is something a little more sophisticated and alluring. This aftershave and soap line stays within the classic bay rum tradition, but adds a false spin. Because Atomic Pumpkin Bay Rum is steeped in classic pumpkin pie spices for up to six weeks before the batch is complete. It's like some, it's like a, like almost like a crazy whiskey or cigar or anything that's aged. I'm running out of, I don't, what else is aged? Uh, only whiskey and cigars, wine, I guess. I don't know. I don't know, guys. I don't know. The point is, I mean, look at these ingredients. There's West Indian Bay, Moro Blood Orange, Allspice, Cinnamon, Ginger, Nutmeg, and Elemi Resin. I don't know what that is, but it sounds festive. This is some fall masculine magic done right, guys. So if you're wanting to step up your grooming game this fall, maybe impress the lady in your life, make a great impression at work or school, then check out this limited edition line by Phoenix Shaving. Just go to gentlemanscofflaw.com shave, and a portion of anything you buy with that link goes to help support this podcast. So you get to kill two birds with one stone. You support the show you love, and you get to fight off ladies with a stick because you smell so damn good. Is that sexist? I don't know. Maybe. But that's why I'm a scofflaw and a gentleman. All right, so that's gentlemanscofflaw.com slash shave, and stop being a slave to the drugstore shave. All right. Uh, love talking to Tim. Uh, it's fun. I've been following most of the stuff that I know about cigars is from watching his stuff on YouTube. And then of course my brother, uh, teaching me about it too. But, uh, when I don't have my brother on hand, I just go to cigars daily and I, uh, search for my question and there's a video for it. He's got hundreds of videos and they're, they're pretty informative. So go ahead and check that out. These days we all need a distraction. 
I know. And uh, it's great to to have, you know, to have a a nice little YouTube wormhole to fall down every once in a while. Every and, once in uh, a while. Yeah, you know, just it, it's good to have those yeah. uh, those U-tubs. And my unhealthy Enneagram 5 can spend <laughs> days and weeks on a subject uh, researching it and going down every single branch down the cherry tree. <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> I, thought you were I think we call that the Ug- ugly tree. Ugly tree <laughs> on the way down. Wait, what is that from? She, uh, she. That was from uh, Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine a girl who uh, who fell off the ugly tree and hit a branch every like uh, every branch on the way down. Yeah, that was a good and then cue Matt Damon uh, uncontrollable laughter. Yeah, that was a good but scene. Was, it was a good scene. It was. Yeah. It was. Uh, yeah, that was a good scene. He's. He, I mean, you know. Matt Damon. I did that one of my uh, high school acting classes. I had to do a monologue. I did that scene. Oh, um, that's a good one. That, yeah. that actually, <laughs> that makes that that's a that's a good idea. Yeah, I was like, I gotta do something from a movie. I don't know plays. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's like that's one of those monologues where you actually believe it. Like mm-hmm. you're like, and I think that's probably Spielberg. Like Spielberg kind of brings the the best. Yeah. Like I feel like there's uh there's a little bit of that in jaws but um yeah you, you really believe that he's that he's having a moment yeah. S- similar with uh robin williams actually matt damon connection in goodwill hunting goodwill yeah. hunting has a really good scene like that yeah. too another great movie i watched yeah. that a couple of years ago again because lacy had never seen it and i you always forget how good of a movie that is oh it's a classic it's 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 great now donovan if people want to support the show how can they do that Oh, why do you always give me this job? I haven't I thrown it to you in a know. while either. <laughs> I'm so out of practice. I should have studied. <laughs> well, first uh, I'll tell them about Patreon. Uh, you, you can support us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Jen Scofflaw. Uh, get the episodes before everybody else. Uh, we post some extras on there. Also, you get to kind of join an elite secret society of, uh, of uh, gentlemen Scofflaw listeners uh, and that, uh, that not everybody else gets access to. Yeah. Hashtag not lizard people. Not lizard people. Yeah. It's the probably maybe the Freemasons. Yeah, yeah. You know, we'll, 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 we'll leave it. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll let them figure it out once they get in there. After we've hazed them for like the fifth day, yeah. they'll, they'll figure it out. They'll see Which who's behind it. Which involves coyote rape. Wait, what? No. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you're gonna, oh boy, you're, you're gonna get in trouble canceled. for that. Uh, I mean, between canceled. the Iranian, between the Iranian voice I did at the beginning of this and, and that, it's uh, we're done, man. Here's a joke over, on uh, that was more of a, a stab at fraternities and you know, their their uh, their antics, their crazy antics, yeah, as however, opposed however to you want to spin it, man. Yeah, whatever, <laughs> those crazy <laughs> frat boys. <laughs> I was making a frat boy joke. Let's see. So you can also find us on Instagram. You may have already said that. And uh, the Facebooks. And then we also have a merch shop. Merch shop. Get a hoodie for the fall. Get a a mask. If you know, if if you uh, if you live in a place where masks are mandated, you you know, why why not go out in style and actually look like a badass? so yeah, uh, go and get a mask if you need one. And, 
we have gentlemanscofflaw.com where you can find all the links in the archives of the show. That's true. You wanna, if you're bored and you want to catch up on things, you can also find us on Spotify um, and uh, Stitcher, all the other players. Do they all matter there. anymore? I feel like now the only ones that matter are iTunes and, Sti- and uh, Spotify. Spotify <laughs> maybe. Yeah, so let us know where you listen to podcasts. Every- Joe Rogan completely destroyed <laughs> yeah. the world of podcasting with that. No, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, uh, go ahead and enter our giveaway on Instagram. Uh, go to Instagram.com slash Jen Scofflaw and uh, enter to win in some CAD this month, uh, Aftershave in Cologne. Um, I think that's it. I don't know what else there is to, to promo here, Donovan. <laughs> I mean, I'd recommend Old Tub. It's uh, it's a uh, if you're if you're looking for a bourbon that's gonna kind of knock your socks off, I say uh, go with this one because it's a uh, it's pretty high octane stuff. High octane. Okay. Yeah. All right. It'll, well, it'll we'll try it. Car. I'll see if you can send it through the mail. Uh, hashtag maple syrup. All or just right. Do, or just do the work. Stop being lazy and just go out and find it. <laughs> what we'll if I buy a whole bottle and I here. don't like it? <laughs> well, then, you know, that's uh, then you have a Molotov cocktail for when the world ends. That's true. For Easy. when the purge happens uh, November 3rd. Easy. All right. Yeah. Uh, you oh. are a gentleman and a scofflaw, my friend. And I am not political. You guys have a great week. This has been the Gentleman's Scofflaw Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. Visit us on the interwebs at gentlemanscofflaw.com. Captain says, his ice on the river, we ain't getting home if we don't break through. So damn cold, I can't help but shiver. Rise and shine, we got work to do. Hey!